Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Thank you, Father, for, for such a precious gift that you have given us in your Son, even our Lord Jesus Christ, and the gift of your love and your compassion and your loving kindness that never cease, that are renewed every morning. So, Father, we bless you and we give you praise. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we worship. And everybody say it. Amen. amen and amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> You're welcome again. And um, we're just going to go straight into the video clip. You remember, or just to remind you, we are still um, answering or learning how to answer the call of Jesus Christ. The journey to leading like Jesus. <laughs> Just a minute. Uh, we are learning to answer the call of our Lord Jesus Christ on how to lead like him, to lead like him, to lead our families. And we are concentrating or focusing on parenting. And we, we've, we've seen that that is the number one leadership role. Uh, to raise those young ones. Uh, we've discussed quite a few things, and just to give a very brief summary, um, the guiding principle that Jesus has given us, which he has modeled to us as leaders, leaders in our families, leaders in our home, is from that phrase that says, not so like you. And this is where, you know, the disciples uh, went to him and asked, now, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? And he said that the leaders of the world, that they lorded over their, uh, you know, over their people, but with you, it should not be so. That whoever wants to lead, that he should be the servant. So that servant leadership is what Jesus Christ modeled for us. Uh, and he showed us the example uh, when he washed the disciples' uh, feet, when he showed compassion, when he, uh, when uh, Peter uh, was just about to be drowned, he picked him up. He picked him up, showing leadership, love, and favor. And uh, we have been talking about the four, the four domains, the four domains of servant leadership. Number one domain is the heart. That's what we discussed last week. The heart, the heart. It starts with the heart. Uh, we looked at the two, um, the two synonyms for ego. Ego is either you are edging God out in your parenting, or you are what exalting God only. You are edging God out in your parenting. Your heart is not right with God because it starts from there. The thing is that you cannot give out what you don't have having that relationship with God, because everything flows like this. From God, we receive, we receive the wisdom, and then we transfer that wisdom to our children or to members of our family. So today, or this evening, we are going to consider um, the head, the head, the head, the heart, your intentions and your motivations in leading or in parenting, and this time, is the head, your beliefs, what you believe about parenting or your thoughts, your values about uh, parenting. Okay, so we'll have the uh, video clip now. Thank you so much. And after that, uh, we will have uh, 
So it's called the journey to leading like Jesus as a parent starts in the heart with your motives and intent. Those travel through the head where you store your beliefs about parenting. Some people think servant leadership is just a warm, fuzzy attempt to please everyone, but that's not what Jesus meant. Being a family leader really does involve more than emotions and good intentions. It takes thought and planning too. In this session, I'll discuss the importance of vision and direction. Trisha will emphasize acting on that vision. Phil ends with encouragement to stay focused on the primary purpose of your family, which speaking of the head, sometimes takes more than a little brain power. strongly that servant leadership was the only leadership approach that Jesus validated for his people. And there's two parts of servant leadership, which you should know by now. One is the visionary direction part, and that's the leadership part, which is where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish? What do we want to be? And then the second is about implementation, which is how do we live according to the vision and values and accomplish any goals that we've set? So we really think that you got to start your family off with a clear vision about who you want to be. And a compelling vision tells you what business you're in. And when we had our family, we felt that we were in the quality of life and service business. The second is the picture of the future, which is what will happen if we do a good job. And we felt if we did a good job with our family, that all the family members would become caring human beings who are good citizens in our community. And then what would guide our journey, our values? We said that really our number one value was going to be integrity. Our number two value was relationships. Our number three value was success. And our number four value was teamwork. And one of the things that's really important is that I think over time, your values are going to be kind of stable. But the business that you're in, your and your picture of the future might change. And of course, our kids are all grown. We got five grandchildren. So Margie says, you know what our new uh, mission statement is? That we're in the magical memory business, you know? And so that's what we're supposed to create. And if we do a good job, Margie really feels the great thing about being our age is that we have time to hang out together. And so the picture of the future is that our family uh, and all would enjoy hanging out with us. And we told them we weren't going to leave them a lot of money. In fact, we were going to spend money on experiences, on magical moments. So this June, we're taking 18 of us to uh, Africa for a safari. Wow. That's going to be a magical moment. But the point is, is you need to have something to serve. And that's what a, a vision gives you. And then you can put goals on it. Because if you have nothing to serve, what's the only thing you get to serve? Yourself. 
one of the things that um, isn't very important to our son Micah, who's in first grade, is that we 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 take turns having lunch with him. And usually, you know, he wants us to come every day, but we we try to we try to do that at least once a week. And it's one of those things that's often difficult for me to do to get time off of work um, to just go spend an hour with him at lunch. But when I think about it, I realize that it's really important for me to help him make those memories for him to remember back when he's he's a teenager, when he's an adult. That you know, it was important for my dad to take time out of his day to spend time with me. It's just a little thing, but it's important for him to have those memories so you can know how much that I loved him. And, and then in turn, he'd, he'd want to do that for his children as well. Our vision for of a family of two is to truly honor God and to truly serve God in any area that he would, any door that he would open for us. Uh, like I would love for us to go for a mission trip together while he's still a child. I've never been on a mission trip, so I want to go for a mission trip with him. God has given us the privilege to own a business with a mission, and that's um, we own a coffee farm in Guatemala. And so we take trips to Guatemala, and it's in a very remote area. And uh, one of our sons went with us, and that's Elijah. And uh, when we were there, we, we have this big Christmas party that we do. And um, one of the things is that rather than most of the time the the workers serving us while we're there, we serve them. So we serve the food, we serve the drinks, we serve everything. Without having to tell him, he was serving the kids, he was playing with them, he was making sure everybody had food, and once everybody had it, he sat down and ate with them. And so it was something that we could see Elijah has a big servant heart. And just seeing him realizing that there's so many needs there, and he wants to be a part of it. And he understands that the coffee has that mission. And so every time we sell coffee, he knows that we're going to be helping somebody. Trisha, I know that these kind of things are important as you set priorities in your family. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? You know, you talked about how God changes things up. And sometimes, you know, we think we have this vision and plan, but sometimes things will change. And he did that with us. He changed our priorities completely. And it wasn't until the last century that actually the word priority is used in plural. People have priorities. Before it was priority, which is glorifying God. Jesus had the priority, which was glorifying God. And we always have to say, okay, how can we glorify God in our lives? What is our priority? And to do that, we often have to say no to a lot of things to do the best thing that God has called us to do. And God really changed our priorities recently. About a year ago, we felt called to adopt from the foster care system. And we had three older ones, and then we had our little baby that we adopted from birth. But John and I were in two different places. We had two different experiences where God just put it on our heart, foster care system. He called me that night and said, I feel we should adopt from the foster care system. And God had told me the same thing. So it was very clear that God was doing a major shift to our priorities. And to do that, I was doing a lot of good things. I write and I speak. I had to cut out some of the speaking. I had to cut out some of the writing. I had to clear my schedule. Even the Bible study that I love going to, I knew for a season, I wasn't going to be able to go do that on Wednesday mornings because we were having a different change in priorities. And sure enough, we have a five-year-old little girl and a two-year-old little boy that showed up that have needs, but it's also a lot of joy to see that God had a plan for that. And, and so many times we could get our agenda and our mindset on all these good things that we're doing. I was doing a lot of good things, but it's going saying, God, what can I do to glorify you? What is your priority for me right now? And focusing on that. That's a really, I think, good definition of what a vision is. It's a priority. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what are you going to focus your attention on? What do you think about that, Hodge? Well, you know, I think there's a part where the rubber meets the road is when the priority gets into the choices of the day. 
And how do you stick on the priority and keeping, like they say, the main thing, the main thing? And one thing about leading like Jesus is so great is the model we have to follow, how he, when he had the busiest day and the busiest life with the most turmoil that he could possibly be confronted with, that he kept his purpose clear. And one thing he said in John 17, four, that really gets to me is he said, I glorified you on earth by doing the work you set before me to do. He didn't say at that point, God, I'm, I'm Father, I'm, I'm looking at all the things that didn't get done and, I, and all the things that people that could be healed and all of the stuff that just didn't get done. I'm sorry, I just ran out of time. He never prayed that prayer because what he said is, I did the work you set before me to do and I did it to the things that were important to you. And as we come into parenting and into the family, what's the business that's set before us to do? Is to grow godly children, just like Jesus's family. It was interesting in the episode at the, in the temple where Jesus is 12 years old, you get this great dialogue between uh, Jesus and his mother when he's been lost for a couple of days, three days, and she comes and finds him and says this, she said, son, why have you done this to us? She was really taking it personal. And he gives kind of a 12-year-old answer. The word duh isn't in the Bible, but he says almost, duh, mom, did you know I'd be about my father's business or about my fa in my father's house? But then the next part is really interesting. She said she didn't understand all of that. But he returned with them to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them, and he grew in four things. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in the eyes of God and the eyes of men. And then the curtain goes down for 18 years. But what really struck me was what a beautiful view of what the priorities of a godly family would be, that we grow kids that are in wisdom, which is intellectually, in stature with skills and ability, in the face of God, and in, in God's view would be spiritually. And then, in fact, the last one in the eyes of God and men is character and relationships. And with that the being the main thing, then we can start making those choices day to day. One of the big troubles I remember getting into was um, it could be a problem for the moment, or it could be a, a, an issue where there's something deeper going on. And uh, the one I remember always was spilt milk. You know, milk's going to spill, so we all know that. And and so, what do you deal with in spilt milk? But what's going on? It could be an accident. Or it could be a kid that's looking in your eye, taking the milk and spilling it home. That's a different problem. And to really understand what am I dealing with, I don't respond to both of those in the same way, then I'm not getting to the real issue at heart. And so what we want to try and continue to do is take that priority and put it into the choices of the day. Um, and that's, that's tough because we got all those other things that want to pull us off track. Everyone struggles with busyness, and, and we've realized that prioritization of our time, prioritizing each other, prioritizing Hudson, um, has been the biggest battleground that Lead Your Family Like Jesus opened us up to. One of the challenges was to say yes to the best and no to the rest, and they even had us number, number one is super valuable. Number four are the things that you're doing out of obligation for others or image or whatever. And then it says to get rid of the fours. And man, it's it's hard to prioritize our time to reflect the values of our family. Yeah. Well, and how do you get rid of the rest without getting rid of people? Yeah. Things that are important and that are on your heart and that God's put on your heart. And yeah, you can
and just keep running. So we haven't figured that out yet. Nope. But we're working on it. <laughs> you know, when I get my ego in the way, I, I feel kind of jealous about the two of you because you raised your kids with God central in it. And Marge and I didn't do that because that was when we had turned our backs on the Lord. You know, we were kind of idealistic. We saw a lot of hypocrisy and all that kind of thing. And But you know what made me feel a little bit better? I was reading recently in Corinthians about the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. And worldly sorrow is guilt. Mm-hmm. I mean, the point is I can't feel guilty about the past because that's not going to change. And uh, all that does is doesn't do anything for you. Where godly sorrow is, you realize he's already forgiven us for that. I mean, he knew we were there, and he knew Margie and I were going to be on his team exactly when we joined his team. And now one of our challenges is how do we guide still our kids and our grandkids, you know, in that way. But I just uh, initially I said, well, there's that ego thing I'm comparing. And then I realized, you know, God's in charge. It's not like God was up there going, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> Ken has really gone the wrong way. It's out of my hands. <laughs> it's like God knew all along. You know, he I, has a purpose and a plan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I love about when I, we talk about lead your family like Jesus and how we could go out and talk to people about it is God meets you in your family situation where you are. And that doesn't matter what happened before, which is the up to now. It's the from now on part. And every family is important to God, and every parent's effort, be they doing it on their own or doing it together, he wants to come in and partner with. And that's what's the real exciting part, that we, we don't have to look at this as some theoretical thing, as more of an invitation to a relationship to create the kinds of future for our kids that we want to have. Right, there's no way we could do it on our own. We need him yeah. in all those moments. And one of the things in relation I was saying earlier that's so key to our faith is forgiveness. And a lot of times we have to start by forgiving ourselves. I mean, God forgives us, but we also have to let us go. And, and I heard a wonderful definition of forgiveness recently. Forgiveness is realizing that the past is never going to change. Mm. And, you know, I have this wonderful dog, Joy, that you all have have met, you know, and I and I love dogs because I think they live live the life that God wants us to live because joy could care less about yesterday. <laughs> and God has forgiven us the past. Joy could care less about tomorrow. God has guaranteed our future. And all Joy cares about is right now. And, you know, are you going to be with me? Can I lick your face? Can I? Uh, my two-year-old do my does thing? that, and sometimes he does try to lick my face. So. I know, but it's, it's right now. And I think that's what we're talking about as your parents is being in the moment right now. That's the most important point, to bring the Lord in as your priority. In the next section... We're going to move from the head to the hands because what's in your heart and your head doesn't mean anything to anybody else unless they can what? See it in your action. And that's why we're going to focus on the hands next. Thank you. All right. So your takeaway from from that short clip Take away, bearing in mind 
number one, that he, they discussed the two parts of servant leadership, having a clear vision, having a clear vision, and, um, and then implementing that vision. Uh, because it's, there is no use having a vision as a parent, and then it is not implemented. Um, Solomon in the book of Proverbs says uh, that uh, where there is no vision, people are unrestrained. Uh, but happy is he who keeps the law. And the message Bible says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, then they are most blessed. So two parts of that. Our parenting should begin with a clear vision, having a clear vision. Vision directs you on what to do. And then implementation, living according to that vision. Living according to that vision. The few things that I, I took down, um, so we'll have a basis for, for discussion. Setting priorities in the family. Setting priorities in the family. What, what is your purpose? What is your purpose of parenting? Um, but if I may ask that question, what is our purpose as believers? What is our purpose? What is our purpose as believers? Paul in First um, Corinthians chapter 10 verse uh, 31 says, Whatever thing you do, whether you eat or you drink, you should do what? Do it to the glory of God. Our purpose is to glorify God. So our, our priorities, how we prioritize our times and all the other things that we do, it must be to glorify God. Now the next question is, how do I glorify God as a father, as a mother, as I bring up those young minds? And then he said that a good definition is a priority. We should stay focused on the priority. There are always things that will try to distract us. And some of those things might be very good, very good things, very good things. But we should stay focused on that priority. And that is to glorify God. Um, it talks about our the business that God has given to us as as parents. The business, and what is the business? Is to grow godly children, right? To grow godly children, and He gave us the example of Christ. Uh, that tells me that, uh, you know, the parents, uh, Mary and Joseph, did a good job. Because the Bible said that Jesus grew in what? He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God and in favor with, with man. Uh, wisdom, intellect, uh, stature, because he grew in it, but also ability and skills. You know, the parents taught him skills. He grew in favor with God. And what does that mean? He grew spiritually. Favor with God. He grew in favor 
with men. He grew in character. He grew in relationship. Um, and lastly, the, he talked about oftentimes when we look at our parental uh, abilities or skills, especially when it comes to our failures, um, the things that we did not have to do or the things that we did not do or the things that we did uh, that have resulted in some kind of um, I mean, chaos in the family, you know, some guilt that comes up. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we don't forgive ourselves. And he says that God meets us where we are, the situation we are faced in our families. He doesn't care about the past, but he cares about now. From now on, what do I have to do to keep that priority to glorify God? And oftentimes, we need to forgive ourselves. And sometimes that is the hardest thing to do, to forgive yourself because of the failures of the past. Even though God has already forgiven us, but we struggle with forgiveness. Okay, I think that is a summary of what, I mean, that, those are the things that I took away from that. And one thing I will do after our discussion, because I'm a teacher, and every teacher to make sure that the students are getting what he is teaching, they always give what? A quiz. A quiz. So I brought, I brought some quiz. So we'll have some quiz. But this quiz will be a take-home quiz. A take-home quiz. <laughs> so you are going to score yourself. And um, this, this quiz, let me just give um, a brief um, discussion on this. You see, Jesus assessed his leadership role. He assessed his leadership role. In John 17, that, uh, you know, one of the guys was talking about, when Jesus prayed for his disciples, okay, he listed his, you know, his leadership role. He assessed it. And um, so this is going to be based on that. And I will just give a very brief talk on that um, with time. I am looking at the time. But let me just um, throw this open. What, what takeaway do you have from that? Please? Having heard the summary that, in my own opinion, uh, what I took away from, from the teaching. Discussions open. Yes, sir. One thing that um, I, I still fight with is uh, making those type of decisions where uh, I, I have to prioritize, but I have to make a choice to, for example, inside the 10 minutes that I have, uh, should I do my kids help with the assignment? or uh, get my handicapped neighbor's grass. Um, inside that 10 minutes, uh, while my ch child is saying, Dad, I need help with this assignment. And 
I'm looking at, there's just a literal example sitting out there. I'm looking at serving, serving somebody uh, who is in need of some type of help. What the challenge here is, how do I choose to use that 10 minutes in terms of prioritizing? Prioritize your time. Oops. Yeah, sorry. The question was, how do you prioritize? I don't always know if I'm asking a question or I'm just... Oh, you're just making a comment. Okay. I'm saying inside the 10 minutes. Inside the 10 minutes, okay. That's all the time I have. If I was to prioritize in terms of, well, that would still be serving my, my child by trying to help them do the assignment mm -hmm. or serving somebody who is in real need of some type of assistance. Um, how do I prioritize that and what would be the best avenue to to follow in terms of that. So the comment has become a question, how do you prioritize? You have to have goals, you have to have the vision. And your vision as a parent is to what? The business that God has given you as a parent is to grow these children, right? Is to grow a godly child. So. There are so many things. You see, when Jesus was faced with things that would have distracted him from his purpose, um, he set up the time. He had to prioritize his time. Um, you know, in order to prioritize, there are, there, there are going to be so many good things that we have to cut off. There are so many good things. Um, yes, those things are good. They are godly, but what is my purpose as a father or as a mother? So, you know, it's, it's, it's you that have to make that choice, uh, knowing that uh, your purpose is to glorify God as a parent or as a father. I mean, as I say this, I'm also looking at myself in all these areas. Um, I don't know who is 100% good parent here, yeah, but we struggle with, with those things. But there is a need for us to prioritize. There is a need to pray. And oftentimes, like we heard, God might have to change our priorities as we submit to him. Does that help? I can't, I can't give you the answer. <laughs> yes, any other comment? Yes. I believe the point is how do you make choices when you have competing priorities, okay? And again, you have to always go back to look at what your goals are. You know, almost everything that you're looking to do, they're good. 
and but there has to be um, the good, the best, or the good, the better, the best. So making the choice is looking at what is the goal, and then choosing between those competing priorities. What can wait? What cannot wait? Um, Jesus had such priorities uh, or competing priorities. When he was told that Lazarus was dead, mm-hmm. um, he was in ministry. He was ministering. And they told him his friend, Lazarus, had died. Um, he wouldn't leave what he was doing to go wake or raise Lazarus. He continued because he had a focus and a purpose and a goal. And after he was done, then he moved to the next thing. And that's all we need to do for God to help us to understand what do I have to do now. And that choice will be um, best determined by what the goal is. And then you can move to the next thing. There is absolutely no requirement by God for us to do everything. Jesus could not heal everyone because God did not want him to do that anyway. And so um, we will not be able to solve the entire world's problem. We are only given a niche. That's right. And so that niche is our focus and that niche is our goal. And when, once we look at that, then we know the right choice when we have competing priorities. Thank you for that comment. And uh, just to uh, second what uh, Pastor Shino said, they talk about moments. We let moments dictate our priorities. And just like the example he used, if Jesus have used the moment when they came to him, he will have not finished what he was doing. And that's why sometimes we mix our priority with what is going on in our life at present. And we need to be very careful. Okay, I think um, one other very important thing to consider is time. In implementing um, the visions and the goals that um, we have to um, implement for to raise our families, you discover most of the time Jesus talks about time. We need to be able to allocate time um, to the very important things that we need to do. Um, when we do allocate our time properly, then you'll find out that um, you may not have time for other things that are not of priority. So I think it's very important uh, that we need to, after we've set out those goals, we need to be able to allocate quality time to be able to implement them. Thank you. In other words, we need to prioritize our time. We need to prioritize our time. And talking about prioritizing our time, um, 
I just want to mention four, there are four things as I was reading uh, John 17, and that is uh, Jesus' uh, uh, high priesthood prayers when he was praying for his disciples, in which, in that passage from verse 1, I think, to verse uh, number 18, we, we, a very rich source of insight as to, you know, some key factors, some key factors of success as leaders in our families, as parents. And let me just run through that very, very quickly. I'm looking at the time. In um, verse number four, this is John 17, verse four. Jesus said, I glorified you on earth. He's talking about the Father. I glorified you on earth, having completed the work which you have given to me to do. I glorify you on earth, having accomplished or completed or finished the work which you, get, which you have given me to do. And the number one success factor as a leader, as a leader in our homes, is this. I got this from me. Say we should stay focused on the work that God has given us to do. Jesus glorified the Father. To glorify God is to express him, you know, express who he is and what he has done. So Jesus said, I glorify the Father, having accomplished the work which he gave him to do. So we should stay focused on the work that God has given us to do. And if we jump down to verse, verse number seven, it says, now they have come to know, speaking of, of the disciples. And this was Jesus' family. So now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them. And they received them. And truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believed that you sent me. And what I got from that, success factor number two, as a servant leader, great leaders teach to understanding. What are we teaching our children? How do we teach them? Do we teach them to understand? Jesus said, the words that you gave me, I have given to them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you and they believe that you sent me. Great leaders teach to understanding. Are we teaching our children that they might understand? Are we instructing? Are we lecturing? Are we coaching? Or are we training them? Are we training them? There's a difference between instructing, teaching, and training. That was says train up a child. In other words, be a servant leader. Be an example. Show them the example. Do it so that they will follow. We jump down to verse, verse 12. It says, while I was with them, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I guarded them, I kept them in your name. The name of the Lord is what is a strong tower. God's name is the authority, not the power. 
And what do I get from that? Success factor number three, safety is always the job of the leader. Safety. Jesus says, I kept them and I guarded them. And none of them perished except the son of perdition. Why? So that the scripture would be fulfilled. Safety. And lastly, we jump down, jump down to verse 15. Verse 15 to 18, he says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Leadership success, factor number four. Servant leaders prepares others for the future. Servant leaders prepares others for the future. In, in our parenting, are we preparing our children for the future? Are we preparing them for the future? Jesus said, even as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them aside, set them apart in the truth. Your word is the truth. You know, when I read this, my mind is going oops or ouch. Because when I think of my parenting styles, <laughs> what I've done in the past, you know, um, The thing, again, that gave me hope and gave me courage, because like that guy said, you think of the noun and going forward. Think of the noun and going forward. Um, forgive yourself of your failures in the past, because you can never change the past, can you? You cannot change the past. Um, our future is assured, right? Our future is assured. So, um, the... Leadership assessment that you have in your hand, take home. Um, you are going to score yourself based on some questions there or some comments there. The first one says, my leadership objective is to be served. And then to your right, it says, my leadership objective is to serve. So you can score yourself. Are you towards serving others or serving yourself? The next one says, I am interested primarily in my self-image and advancement. And the opposite, it says, I consider team purpose, values, and the concerns of team members before thinking of my own interests. So you can score yourself. The next one says, I am motivated primarily by fear and self-protection. And the opposite, it says, I will take personal risk to support and protect others. I see and treat others as having lower status. On the other side, it says, I treat others with respect and partnership status. I often create an atmosphere of dependence and low trust, or I create a trusting atmosphere in which others see their potentials being encouraged and developed all the way down to 
Last one that says, my authority is based on external controls in the form of rules and regulations implemented by position of power. Or, my authority is based on the personal power gained through encouragement, inspiration, motivation, and mutual respect. Um, when you go through this and you score yourself, you see where you stand, and the next page says, having recognized adjustments that I need to make in my life and leadership, I commit to the following three key changes in my headship or as a leader or as a parent. There are no pass marks for this. <laughs> so self-evaluation. We have any comments on this? Or any other thing that we have discussed? We have we still have five minutes to go. Priorities or goals or vision without implementation is nothing. God has to help us in that. We can't do anything without God's grace, his favor. Um, he says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And his grace is always, always, always sufficient. Any more comments? We want to close? All right. So shall we rise and say the grace in fellowship? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now and forevermore. Surely, your goodness and your mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.